Welcome to another episode of Mass Live's Fenway Rundown. I'm your co-host today, Sean McAdam, and I'm joined by Chris Smith, who's filling in on the podcast this week as our fellow co-worker, Chris Cotillo, minds the clubhouse in Minneapolis at Target Field for what is later today, the conclusion of the Red Sox Twin Series. Uh, Chris Cotillo unavailable. We welcome in Chris Smith. We'll be hitting on a number of topics here and some stuff that uh, is relatively new in terms of uh, timeliness, including um, last night, the news that the Red Sox are going to be without catcher Reese McGuire probably for a number of weeks, if not longer. If you were watching last night, you saw McGuire go down after taking a swing in considerable pain. And as everybody theorized as we watched, uh, it was indeed an oblique injury that's going to keep him shelved for a while. Those things can be tricky. They can take a while. In fact, McGuire has battled one before. Um, Chris, he's not exactly, uh, you know, an integral part of that roster. He has sort of lost the number one catcher's job uh, to Connor Wong, but nonetheless, an experienced major league catcher who was catching somewhere between a third and 40% of the games, uh, that's going to put a lot of burden on Connor Wong here over the next month or so, and it's going to result in the Red Sox having to find somebody to fill in. For the time being, it looks like that's going to be Caleb Hamilton, who ironically the Red Sox got from the Twins over the offseason. Um, but what's your take on what McGuire's loss might mean to the roster? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's huge, especially coming, you know, right after Jorge O'Faro, you know, opted out or whatever his situation was. And so, um, you know, they could have used him right now, obviously. And so they have three catchers at, at Worcester that are extremely inexperienced. I mean, you can say that Caleb Hamilton has played the major leagues, but he has 18 at-bats in the major leagues. Um, you know, they have Stephen Scott at Worcester, but, you know, he just got promoted there. He has... You know, he, he wasn't a full-time catcher until last year. So obviously, you know, he's not ready to, you know, to, uh, you know, catch a major league staff right now. And and you know, Ronaldo uh Ronaldo Hernandez, who they got in that trade with, you know, Jeffrey Springs, who they I'm sure they would like back, um, you know, was DFA'd off the 40-man roster at the end of the year last year, uh, cleared waivers, and you know, he's not a good defensive catcher right now. Um, and so there's you know, Hamilton, from what I was at Worcester yesterday, Hamilton, I have never, I've never seen Hamilton play. I can't vouch for his defense, but I heard he was very good or, you know, serviceable. I guess I shouldn't use the word very good, but serviceable de defensively, that's his thing. He hasn't really hit, but, you know, I mean, if you're going to get somebody off, off waivers or if you're going to sign a free agent, um, you know, you're not going to get a hitter really, right, at this point. You just need somebody that's serviceable to play defensively and, and to back up in that spot. So, um, you know, they're in a tricky situation. Uh, it's, you know, they, they, you know, look at Hamilton right now as, as a guy that can do it, but, you know, they're obviously going to look outside the organization. Yeah, I, I think you're right that they're definitely going to focus on defense first. You want a guy who can handle the staff, call a game, uh, 
preferably control the running game a little bit. Uh, they weren't getting a ton of offense from McGuire. He is a bat-to-ball guy who makes contact, but he was struggling to hit 250, wasn't really delivering much in the power department. Uh, but again, this was a guy who had you know, four or five years of major league experience from Toronto to the White Sox to the Red Sox, who acquired him at the deadline last year. Um, and it would seem that they would prioritize defense first. You, As you noted, you're not likely to get offense from anybody in the backup catcher class. So why not go with a guy who's going to be solid back there, block balls, uh, you know, work with the pitching staff. And that sounds like Hamilton is the guy to do that. Um, but we also saw that a couple of catchers who indirectly have some ties to the Red Sox, one very directly, one indirectly, uh, Sandy Leone released by the Texas Rangers, a uh, an organizational favorite, part of the 2018 championship team, uh, whom Alex Cora, uh has great affection for and remains in some contact with. Um, and then the other opportunity is Mike Zanino, who has no Red Sox connection, but very much has a Heim Bloom connection, having caught for Tampa Bay for a number of years. Uh, looking at those two guys, um, Zanino obviously offers far more power. He's had seasons in which he's hit 20 plus homers. He strikes out a, a, a ton uh, and was not playing well in Cleveland, who uh, gave him a $6 million deal and then caught him just two months into the season. So that tells you how that experiment went. But I would not be surprised if they brought Leon in, uh, perhaps uh, with the promise that, you know, with a week or so of time at AAA to get things uh, under control, that he might be the guy that they bring up to replace Hamilton, just someone that they're familiar with. If you're not going to get a, a lot of offense, if you're not going to get a lot of flash, in that catcher's spot in the backup role, you at least have someone that you're familiar with and knows the organization a little bit. Seems like Leon makes a lot of sense there. If not right now, then perhaps in the not too distant future. Yeah. It, you know, that's probably who they'll target. Um, but, you know, you, you look at Mike Zanino and obviously had a you know terrible year and that's reflected by, you know, being DFA, but you know, it's just two years ago that he was an all-star and, you know, he finished 20th in the, you know, MVP voting in 2021. And that was with, uh, you know, I mean, obviously not, um, you know, Heim Bloom there at that point, but, you know, he was there when they got him. And so, you know, he's, you know, and, and he has been able to control the running game better than Reese McGuire. It's, it's strange with me, Reese McGuire this year, his inability to like, you know, throw out runners because that was one of his strengths. Yeah. Actually, I think he led yeah, the league. High, better than 40% last year. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think, yeah, I think he led the league and caught stealing last year. And this year he's 8%. And so, you know, Zanino has the ability to do that. Um, he's obviously an experienced catcher. Uh, I think he's around 18 or 20% caught stealing. So, uh, you know, I mean, either one, I think, would would be a better fit than or a better uh, experienced guy and a better person for this pitching staff right now than than Hamilton. Injuries have been the theme of the week uh, from a Red Sox standpoint. Uh, we were talking about the backup catcher spot, but the starting rotation has also been thinned out. Of course, uh, about 10 days ago, the news that Chris Sale would be going on the 60 day IL and unavailable to the Red Sox, at least through at minimum early August and likely far longer. There's no guarantee he comes back this year. 
given what he's going through with the shoulder blade injury. Um, and then another tough blow the other night as uh, Tanner Houck is hit square in the face in kind of a scary moment on a line drive comebacker. He's got a broken bone in his uh, cheekbone that is going to require the insertion of a metal plate in some surgery this week. He's out for a number of weeks. And, uh, you know, the the old saw, Chris, that you can never have too much pitching has never been more obvious than with this organization this year. They started out with what they thought were eight or nine capable starting pitchers for the major league level. And in recent weeks, they've turned to uh, Matt Dermody and all that that entailed. And now uh, this afternoon, we will see whether it's as the opener uh, or as the bulk reliever the major league debut of Brandon Walter, who has not exactly, um, uh, you know, been an all-star at AAA this year. He's got an ERA over six. They turned to him somewhat out of desperation. Um, how concerning is this rash of injuries that have hit the pitching staff and left the Red Sox pretty thin in terms of starting pitching depth? Well, you recently wrote about it, like how things were looking, you know, promising there. Right. And, you know, it's because of the young, you know, they were giving shots to, you know, they, they, they were committing to young guys, you know, Tanner Houck and, and everybody and, and, and Connor Crawford to a degree, you know, and so um, it is obviously alarming. Um, can this help long-term? Like, you know, Connor Crawford's now going to get a chance to be a starter here, you know, the rest of the season probably. And like, you know, obviously I've been, you know, big on him, I, I, you know, I hate to say first round draft picks and, you know, you know, 20th round draft picks, because I think that it's the, the draft is a crapshoot. Obviously you're, you're more likely going to get a, a, you know, a great pitcher in the first round than the 20th round or the 16th round, whatever, uh, you know, Crawford was, um, you know, uh, selected in, but, you know, I, I Crawford really has good stuff. I, I really do. Like, you know, mid nineties fastball as, uh, as, um, Cora said the other day, a buffet of pitches and he does have like, you know, five pitches that he can go to. And so, um, you know, this gives an opportunity to him, uh, but it is crazy to think about it. I mean, I was thinking about it yesterday. I mean, like, you know, they have Corey Kluber, Nick Pavetta, all these guys, and you know, they're not going to put Nick Pavetta back in the, in the rotation. Uh, I think it, that, it would seem not. He's made a nice adjustment to the bullpen, and it would also seem like he's his stuff and maybe his makeup is better suited for that role. Yeah, and you know, Cora just like you know basically said like he's a different pitcher in the bullpen, so that kind of indicates that right now they look at him that way. Corey Kluber just went on the IL, so he's not going back to the rotation, and he doesn't deserve to go back to the rotation because he gives about about a hundred home runs a game, and so. Um, you know, you look at it and uh, Brendan Walter's going to come up today and he hasn't been good at, at uh, you know, at, at AAA this year. You know, obviously maybe he was affected by the injury last year, you know, took him out. And so his development got stunted a little bit. But, you know, talking to Katie Morrison, who's, you know, covers Worcester for Mass Live, she said that every time that, you know, they talk about Brendan Walter's season and how he struggled, they always say, well, it's not as bad as the numbers, you know, look, the advanced stuff looks better. Um, you know, that's been a, a theme, she said, of Chad Tracy, you know, talking about him after starts and all this different stuff and before starts. Uh, he's an interesting pitcher, obviously. Uh, but, you know, one thing with him that's that's kind of crazy is I remember last year with Portland. I mean, he didn't walk a batter for like the first 
month. And right now his walk percentage is close to four, um, you know, four walks per nine innings. And, you know, it's always been around 1.2 or something for his, his minor league career. So obviously he doesn't have the same command right now. And so without the same command, how, how does this stuff play? So I think this is probably just a, a short-term fix, right? Like they want him back in Worcester developing. So they're going to have to figure out this final spot of the rotation. And, you know, it's it's really too bad because Hulk was pitching well, right? Like his numbers weren't, you know, his, his ERA doesn't flash off the off the uh, the page, but, you know, he was pitching well and, and he was developing. And, and that's, you know, you look at that core of Bayo and, and Hauk and, and Crawford and stuff and, and their development and stuff and that, you know, you look at it towards it for next year too, right? Like <laughs> I think a lot of beat writers or, you know, people that cover the team or watch them closely look at is next year is more, you know, a year than this year. And so like, you know, that's, you know, that's where it was heading. And so it, it's difficult to lose Hulk right now. Yeah, it does. And and particularly as you suggest that if this, if Walter is kind of a short-term solution, you, you do wonder what they do, uh, you know, between now and the rest of the year, they have a guy like Baraclaw who they just signed out of Indie Ball, who apparently uh, looked pretty good last night in his debut. Um, but you're talking about a guy who was in independent ball until a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but that's really who your field of candidates are, unless you make some sort of dramatic um trade for some starting pitching, which I don't think they're going to get to before the deadline. We know how difficult it is to sort of jump the line and make that early trade. We've already seen that with so few teams out of contention that the asking price for any starting pitching that's going to come in and make an impact is going to be through the roof. And that goes double when you're trying to do it in late June instead of late July at the deadline. So it's hard to think that they can make some sort of impactful move here in the next week. I'm not sure how they cover between now and the end of July at a time when they're otherwise playing well and starting to make a move in the playoff chase. Yeah. And you look at some of like, you know, the guys that they looked at that were promising on the 40 man roster depth pieces at Worcester this year, obviously we just mentioned Walter who struggled, you know, and his walk rate is up and his ERA is, you know, in the sixes you know, another one is Chris Murphy. I mean, they always talked about Chris Murphy. Like, I remember going to minor league camp in, in um, 2022 when, you know, before the, the lockout was ended and everything, and we were asking Alex Cora, like, who stood out? And he was talking about Chris Murphy and, you know, how his fastball, he's got, you know, good life to his fastball and, you know, it's really good up in the zone. But He's all he also struggled with command this year. Now he's a bullpen guy. And I think that he could be successful in that role going forward this year. But it also is like, you know, all the guys that were up in the upper, you know, levels on the 40 man roster to start of the year haven't produced at, at you know, triple A. And so that's that's the issue right there. That's why you're looking at guys like Matt Dermody, you know, that that started um obviously got released, but you know, that's why they bring up Matt Dermody and uh and, you know, so you look at it and I, I love the there's there's a lot of potential with the the starting pitching, you know, in in the minor leagues right now. I mean, there's guys that are just, you know, doing it, you know, really impressive job, high K rates, you know, um, you know, walking few guys. And it's, the, the pipeline looks pretty good with the starting pitching. But right now at the upper levels, it's tough. And you got like a strange Rowan who was, 
you know, dominating in Portland, but he's walked a ton of batters since they promoted him to Worcester. So he doesn't look like an option right now. They need to develop him. Yeah, I, I can't see Drowen getting much of an opportunity here unless it would be unless it's something like a double header where they need a spot guy to just bring him up. They've done that in the past. We know that Heim Bloom wants guys to finish their development at AAA. They don't want to rush guys. So you might see Drowen get a get a, a start here or there the way they did with Bayo earlier last summer where he comes up, pitches and goes right back to the can you can continue his development, but nobody that's going to be, uh, you know, a long-term fixture in this rotation this summer. I want to get back to starting pitching um, lower in the minor leagues. As you indicate, Chris, there's kind of that gap now, having graduated the Whitlocks and the, and the Hawks and the Bayos and even the Murphys and the Crawfords. Uh, now there's a little separation before the next class that is ready to impact the organization. We'll get back to that in a minute. But you, as you mentioned, were at Worcester last night. And you had an opportunity to talk to Bobby Dahlbeck, who was just tearing it up at AAA, including uh, the, the home run heard around the world that hit the moving train the other night. Everybody's talking about that. He's got, what, 16 or 17 home runs now at AAA. Uh, but you had a conversation with him about his future with the organization. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I think he, he's, you know, well aware that there's, you know, not much opportunity and that's been the writing on the wall, right? Like in that he hasn't been called up, you know, for more than seven days since this year. And, you know, and, and, you know, this was a guy that, you know, two years ago in 2021, you know, hit 25 home runs for them. And so he's fallen, you know, on their depth chart significantly and he knows it and he, you know if he was to be honest like he said you know big picture you know there's not much opportunity I feel like you know in the Red Sox organization right now for me so that indicates that he would like a trade when you straight up ask him as I did like you know would you like to be traded by the trade deadline uh, a lot of players aren't just going to say yes when they're in an organization but my guess would be yes because you know, even even Ryan Fitzgerald talked about it, he, you know, his teammate, he said he's a big league player right now playing in triple A. And, um, you know, so he needs opportunity. Somebody it's fair. It's fair to him. As, as Peter Gammons like tweeted out like last month, you know, he said the Red Sox are actively marketing, you know, Bobby. And, um, you know, it's fair to him to do this. And it is fair to him to do this. If you're not going to play him at, at the major leagues right now, he's got, you know, He's leading the international league. And as I said, he's played some games in the major leagues this year. So he's, you know, it's pretty impressive. He's leading the international league in home runs or he's tied for that. The one, you know, in, in the slugging percentage is second in slugging percentage. He's second in OPS in the international league. So, you know, he deserves a shot. Now, the, the interesting thing with me with Bobby is, is that I actually, I, I, I thought that he might be a guy that would have a, you know, a bad attitude going there. Like, you know, kind of, you know, he's been in the major leagues consistently for, you know, two years, uh, except for just a short stint last year. They, they sent him down last year for a short stint, but, you know, recalled him immediately because, um, you know, there was an injury. And so, you know, a lot of times, you know, that happens where, you know, a player that's been in the major leagues for two years and is a young guy like him. Uh, is going to have a bad attitude, but it's obviously not a bad, he does not have a bad attitude at all reflected by the stats. Um, you know, this, he's working hard. I saw him out before the game, you know, fielding, taking early work at, at uh, first base, 
and also center field. Uh, so he's trying to become more, as he said, he wants to become a less of a three outcome hitter, which is strikeouts, walks in and home runs and become as close to a five tool player as he can be. And he has stolen nine of 10 bases this year. Now he's obviously always going to strike out a ton and, you know, he is what he is, but he does deserve an opportunity. And he, uh, you know, he's well aware of that and he's keeping a positive attitude and that's the best thing he can do right now. And he told time bloom, he said to me, he told and he, he should, you know, he's, he can help at the big leagues right now and he should be helping at the big leagues. And so, yeah, he's in a, he's in that kind of situation. Yeah, it, it, I, I talked to somebody last week, an American League uh, personnel guy, and asked him what would Dahlbeck fetch on the trade market if the Red Sox were able to move him between now and the deadline. And this person guessed that uh, by he would either be a second piece in a larger deal, or if he were included as the only player the Red Sox were sending out. He would probably get you a utility infielder or a low leverage reliever in return. So uh, despite the numbers at AAA, because he has struggled at the big leagues, I think there's a limit to his value, but it probably makes sense for the Red Sox to move him. Uh, he, he looks like a classic change of scenery guy. Yeah. Um, and, and I think because he's done all the right things, uh, you know, played hard, not brought any attitude toward his numerous demotions. I think they'll probably try to do the right thing for him. I just would not expect a huge haul, uh, you know, for Red Sox fans looking at this guy tearing up AAA. That doesn't always translate into great value on the trade front. Yeah, and I think the 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 difference between AAA right now and the majors is more significant than ever, right? Yep. Like, you know, we see, you know, guys that top prospects that have come up and struggled immediately. I mean, Tristan Casas had a difficult start to his year. Anthony Volpe has not been good, obviously, with the Yankees. And so, you know, some of the top prospects have come up and immediately struggled. Um, you know, they make adjustments. The pitchers, even if you get off to fast start, the pitchers make adjustments and the, the stuff is so good right now. Obviously the velocity and the movement on the pitches, the spin on the pitches that, you know, I, I was talking this with, you know, some of the minor league guys uh, that cover the minor leagues uh, last night. Like there's just no, the, there's a big difference from in the past between single, you know, high A and double A in between double A and triple A. And then the majors is just a mile, you know? And, right. and so, as you said, a change of scenery guy, that could be, you know, I, I look at that too, as, is you know, an interesting thing, like in, I'm not saying, you know, he's never going to be, you know, Aaron judge where he strikes out a lot, but you know, he's, he's just, you know, crushing the ball and, and getting on base at a high rate and, you know, and, but you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he went somewhere and hit 20 home runs next year, something like that. Yeah, I, I could see that happening. Uh, we're going to wrap up, Chris, but um, we, we talked a little bit about some young pitching in the organization a little bit further down the ladder, a little further down on the chain. Uh, highlight, if you would, quickly, maybe two or three arms, uh, whether it's Paredes or some other guys that have really – uh, started to open some eyes in the lower level who are a couple of years away, but have a lot of promise. Yeah. So Hunter Dobbins just got promoted to, you know, to Portland and, you know, he's got really good velocity. He's a guy that, um, you know, was in, in 2021 in college, you know, he, he didn't pitch the whole entire year because of Tommy John surgery. So the Red Sox selected him 
um, you know, after he hadn't pitched an entire year. So he dropped in the draft. He was, he was potentially a, a first rounder, probably a second rounder who dropped to the eighth round for them. Uh, he's recently discovered kind of a, you know, a splitter that he throws uh, Kevin, Kevin Gossman style and everything. And so he's an interesting guy. Um, you know, then you go to, you know, um, uh, there's, there's a really interesting guy that they have uh, named, uh, sorry, I'm blanking on his name, Elmer Rodriguez Cruz, who is a fourth round draft pick out of Puerto Rico. And, you know, he's a young guy. Uh, and, you know, they have a lot of those types of, of guys in the uh, Myers. I'm trying to get it, trying to pull up uh, Rodriguez's Cruz's stats right now. Yeah, I mean, 2.23 ERA and 10 starts. And so he's at he's at Salem, and he's there with Luis Pireles. Is that how you pronounce his name? I think so. I'm really bad at pronouncing names of, of minor leaguers. I should be way better, but I, I told I'm Bloom. Um, I don't I don't correctly pronounce some of these guys' names until they get to the majors. But, um, you know, those guys are guys that are throwing like 98, you know, 99. And they're, you know, they're interesting guys. And, you know, Drowen's another guy, obviously, that, that you know, started off so well. And he's somebody the Red Sox looked at at spring training, and they were like, you know, this, this guy's stuff jumps off the page. And, you know, mid-90s, you know, fastball with the plus changeup. And so there is that bridge, right? There, There is that, you know, pitching, that young starting pitching in the minor leagues that's right there at, at low A Salem, high A Greenville, and in double A Portland. It's very intriguing right now. And they're doing a lot of good stuff. I mean, but we'll, we'll see how it comes out. You know, obviously, as I said, the jump is is more significant than ever from league to league. Uh, you saw a guy like Coffee, who was promoted to Portland yesterday after dominating at Greenville. And, you know, he only went two innings, apparently. That's what I heard. So, I mean, you know, the significance, the, 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 the you know, the level to level is, is really significant. But, you know, I think they have a lot of promising guys. When you talk to, like, guys like Eddie Ramiro and certain guys in the, you know, the minor league, uh, that have seen these guys in, you know, in, in you know, uh, the Dominican Republic and Venezuela before they, when they were 16 years old and the progress that they made, they're really excited about them. Yeah, there there is at least an inventory of promising arms. What that translates into at the big league level, it's going to take a few years uh, to determine, but uh, at least some hope bubbling up from the bottom rungs of the organization when it comes to intriguing power arms, and, and um, we'll see where that takes them. Uh, a reminder that Chris does a terrific job doing a lot of minor league work for us. His minor league notebook is must-reading every week on MassLive.com. Uh, Chris, thanks for joining us today and pinch hitting for uh, Chris Cotillo, who will return presumably next Tuesday as the Red Sox come home. Uh, please rate and subscribe to the podcast. It's been another episode of Fen Fenway Rundown. I'm your co-host, Sean McAdam. My thanks to Chris Smith, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>